Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time to be with you, to come to your table, to receive your gift of life. Father, I pray that you would help it to change us, the very core of who we are. Allow your mercy and grace to fill us, to change us forevermore. In Jesus' name. Good morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are very excited to have you with us today. We are, as August said earlier, in the the midst of a series entitled Identity to Destiny. And basically all that is, is who are you? Where's God calling you? Now do something about it. Plain and simple. Who are you? Who's God creating you to be? Where has he called you to go? Now do it. And so for the first couple of weeks, what we talked about was who you are. Where is your value? Where is your identity found? And so we've moved on to the calling part of what is God calling each of us to do in our own lives. And for part of it, we talked about the fact that we need to be like Christ. We need to change who we are and to be like Christ. Remember the commercial, I want to be like Mike. We've changed it in here. So I want to be like Christ. Like Christ. After the echo, or it loses all, everything. And today we're going to continue that. Continue, continuing to look at how we become more like Christ. There is a, uh, a series coming out on a cable channel. And it's entitled The Soul of a Champion. And basically what they're going to do over the next few weeks, I think it starts Tuesday night, is they're going to look at athletes. They're going to look at specific athletes. For example, if I said, who is the best basketball player ever, you would say, Michael Jordan. No one said Tim Duncan, really? We're in San Antonio. I can't believe that. If I said, who's the greatest golfer ever? David Toms, are you kidding me? (laughs) He was in the first service, smart Alec. Not David Toms, but him. Tiger Woods, most people would say. Or Jack Nicholas, some people would say. Who's the greatest football player? Dan Marino. Interesting. Vince Young. We'll see that today, won't we? Um, you have different people come to mind. Different athletes pop up. And they are the greatest of their profession. They are the greatest athlete of that sport. Well, why? This series is looking at why. Why is Tiger Woods, who has an identical swing to somebody like Adam Scott, who's also a golfer, why is Tiger Woods so much better than this other guy? Why is Michael Jordan so much better than the other players? And basically their premise is it's because of something deep inside of them. You can have the skills. You can watch all the videos that teach you how to do everything the correct way. You can go to swing coaches. You can get Butch Harmon to straighten out your slice. You can do whatever you have to. But if you don't have it inside, you won't be a champion among champions. It's something deep inside that shapes these great athletes. You know, Jesus told us the same thing. That it's something deep inside each of us that shapes us. It's something deep inside all of us, every single one of us, that is shaping who we are. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. Jesus is, uh, 
is talking basically about your behavior here, your outside behavior. And he's, he's essentially saying the outside behavior that you have is changed and is shaped by the inside of your soul, by the inside of who you are. In verse 43, he starts and he says, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by the kind of fruit it produces. Figs never grow on thorn bushes or grapes on bramble bushes. A good person produces good deeds from a good heart. And an evil person produces evil deeds from an evil heart. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart shapes who you are. This is a biblical concept of the inside of you is going to shape the outside of you. Plain and simple. The inside of who you are at the very core of your being is going to shape the outside. Who you are is not determined necessarily by what you do, but what you believe, what you feel, the very deep core of your soul. You know, a lot of people will say that, I don't know if you've ever heard this, when, when people are having a bad day and they lose their temper or they, or they bite at you and they, sh- they throw something out at you, sarcasm if it were, they go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not being myself today. Oh, I'm struggling with this stuff. We're having a bad time right now. Things are going bad in my personal life, my job. It's not really me. Is that true? Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart, guard your heart. Above all else, it says, above above everything else, no matter what else you do, guard your heart because from your heart, everything about you is shaped. From your heart, from the very soul, core being of who you are, everything about you is shaped. So guard your heart, the writer says. It's important to guard your heart. We talked about being like Christ last week. But how can you be like Christ if you're not guarding your heart? If you're not letting God shape the very core of who you are? The bad news is if you continue to struggle, if you continue to to show outward signs of a disobedient life, you got more work to do. On Thursday, I was invited to speak to this group of students at Trinity University. And the guy who was going to introduce me, very nice guy. He's come to New Heights every so often. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't see him here right now. Where is he? He's not here. You tell, tell him I called him out. Um, he sent me this email and he goes, would you send me some information about yourself so I can, you know, introduce you? And so I said, you know, I wrote back, sure. And I sent the information off. So I get there Thursday night and he comes up to me and he introduces himself to me. And I recognized him as somebody that had been in our service before. Um, Didn't really know him very, I don't know him, we'll say. And he says, uh, can I have some information about, I'm going to introduce you. Can I have some information about you so that I can make the introduction? And I went, did you not get my email? And he's like, what? I said, I spent an hour typing an email. I responded to your email. Did you not get that? And sweat just appeared on his forehead. He just started, um, well, uh, um. I said, no, I'm just kidding. I, I spent like five seconds doing it. No, don't worry about it. And the adult leader was standing next to us, and she had this kind of surprised look because I was just laying into this guy for a brief moment. 
It was at that time that I said, if my wife were here, she'd be hitting me right now. I apologize. I've told this to y'all before. A lot of times my gut reaction and my first reaction to everything is sarcasm. A lot of times the way I deal with people is sarcastically. Doesn't always fly well. Doesn't always go over very well. A lot of times when I do that, I hurt people. I don't think Ryan was hurt by it. I think he was fine. I hope he was. They're shaking his head. No, he's not fine. That's why he's not here. He's curled up in his dorm room in the fetal position. Way to go, Michael. A lot, of, a lot of times the reactions I have are from deep inside of me. I've been in kind of a bitter season lately. I've been very bitter and very little things will set me off on this path of bitterness. As I look in the mirror and it's a hard look in the mirror, I see that there must be bitterness deep inside of me. Because whatever is in your inside, whatever is at the core of who you are, is going to be seen on the outside. And so when I see those things, I realize that I have more work to do. The good news is I can change. The good news is I can change. As I begin to focus on the things that I say, as I begin to focus on my reactions to the world, I can change. The way we react to the world is the fruit of our heart. And as I begin to think about it, because quite honestly, when Ryan asked me that question, there was a moment, a little voice in me said, don't say it. But I said it anyway. And the voice went, don't. A lot of times Jenna is that little voice for me. But there are moments when I know that I should not do what I do. And yet I do it. I can change is I begin to really look at myself and I begin to see the way I react to certain situations. I can think, here's the situation coming. I know what I'm supposed to do. So do it. We all have that voice. Some of us, it's just a split second and then our personality takes over. Others of us have a little bit more time to think about it. You can change. You can change the way you react to the world. You can change the way you think. And here's the best news. When you begin to do that, when you begin to focus yourself, to focus your life on the inside, you begin to look deep inside of yourself, you fall in line with God's plan for you. God doesn't care about the outward show. He's not big on the outside. He wants the inside. When you begin to focus your life on the inside, now you're in God's path. A lot of us can mask things on the outside. We can become people at certain times. When I was in college, I was the boy that parents wanted to see their daughters bring home. I was very polite. I had great manners. I was uh, able to carry on conversations with them without saying, dude. I was the guy that parents wanted their daughters to bring home. Or so I showed them. Because quite honestly, I was not the guy that they wanted their daughters to end up with. Because deep inside of me, there was darkness and there was stuff going wrong. But that's not what I showed. I was the Eddie Haskell of Southwest Texas University. God doesn't care about that outside persona because quite frankly, he can see through it. And he sees to the inside and he wants us to begin to focus on the inside so that... The way we react to the world is the way that Jesus would have. Because when I begin to say, let's be like Christ, let's live our lives like Christ, you'll say, 
Well, he lived 2,000 years ago. He was a Jewish carpenter in a world I have no idea what happened. I live in San Antonio. I live in America in the 21st century. He didn't experience the things that I experience. How can I live like Jesus? Well, yes, there's differences there. But if you have a heart like Jesus, if you focus on the inside and you begin to look inside, if you begin to see who you are on the inside, you will begin to live like Jesus. Plain and simple. It's all about changing who you are on the inside. There's a theologian that said, who we are is more important than what we do because what we do will flow from who we are. Isn't that an interesting statement that's so true? Who we are is more important than what we do because our actions will flow from who we are on the inside. Eventually, you will see through the facade that I put up. Eventually, you will see through the Eddie Haskell personality that I had and they would have seen into the deep, dark side of my life. It would have come out because who we are flows. What we do flows from who we are. Dallas Willard says that people forget 99% of what we tell them. 99% of what we say, people forget. But they remember who you are. And they remember how you act. I think this is no more true, never more true than in the lives of parents. Parents will tell their children all sorts of things. They will give them all kinds of rules, all kinds of lessons, all kinds of laws that they lay down in their house. And their kids listen. But then... They watch. Their kids watch. Children watch their parents and they see what they are doing. And a lot of times, if it doesn't go with what they say, they hold on more to what they do. What's the phrase? Actions speak louder than words. Who you are on the inside is going to determine who you are to the world. How do we do it? How do we change who we are? How do we change who you are on the inside? General Chamberlain, who is a general of the Gettysburg era, said that we don't know what the future is going to hold. We can't do anything about it. But we can change or we can affect who we will be when that future comes. Whatever situations may come your way, you can't control, but you can control who you are. How? I mean, that's easy for me to stand up here and say that. How? How do you really change who you are at the core of your very being? Well, the first thing I would say, and I heard David say this at the 830 service, is don't try this at home. On MTV, on that wonderful, wholesome program that's coming out with their second movie right now, you know, they say... Do not attempt any of these stunts at home because serious injury or death may occur. Well, no kidding, idiots. Don't do this on your own. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to help shape who you are. Because it's not for the faint of heart. Because there are trials and there are tests refined by fire we become. So as you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, then you step forward. And what do you do? Four words for you. Head, heart, hands, feet. Head, heart, hands, and feet. 
When you walked into a synagogue in the early centuries, you did a ritual bath. You took a ritual bath. You walked in, there was a little bowl of water there, and you would splash water on your head to cleanse the thoughts that you had been having. You would splash water on your heart to cleanse the decisions that you were making, on your hands to cleanse the actions that you took, and on your feet for the path of life that you were on. Head, heart, hands, and feet. One of the rabbis described this by saying, the way of sin starts with the head. You begin to think things. You begin to think a certain way. You begin to to read stuff or to hear stuff, and it shapes your mind. And when you do that, you begin to start making different decisions. It starts changing your heart. And once those decisions start to be made, you take action on them. And then when you do that enough, it becomes a way of life. So he says, let's change it. Change the way you think and everything else will follow. Change the way your mind works. Change the things that you read, the things you watch, the things that you listen to, and the rest will follow. If you begin to shape your mind, you will shape your heart and you'll shape your life. In Proverbs, it says, as a man thinks, so is he. Paul writes to the Philippians and he says, think on things that are true and right and honorable and noble and the God of peace will be with you. In Romans 12, he says this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It starts with your mind. If you want to have the heart of Jesus, you must have the mind of Jesus. You must know what Jesus knew so that you can be changed at the very core of who you are. I've told you all this before back in February when we did a series and we talked about this. When I was going through uh, the process of becoming a Methodist pastor, uh, they have you take this test, um, this personality profile, to see if you fit the personality of a pastor to let you know I failed. Um, (laughs) Hello, here I am. Um, I didn't fail, but they had concerns with some things. And here's the, here's the state of, I'm going to hear about that later. Here's the state of, uh, of my mind when I took that test. When I took that test, I was sitting at our kitchen table in Fort Worth, and I was watching Law & Order, an episode of Law & Order. I don't know if you all remember me telling you about this. I was a Law & Order junkie for a while. I mean, it was like my crack. I had to have my fix of Law & Order. Because quite honestly, you can have, you, Law & Order is on 24 hours a day on some channel. There's somewhere you can find an episode of Law & Order. And so I, my wife hates that dunk, dunk, that sound they have. She hates that sound. And I would just really watch it. I, I would watch it. And, you know, I, it's TV, and I don't buy into it. And, but I found myself being changed by it. I found my personality getting a little darker. I mean, what are they dealing? Murder. They deal in murder and crime and the darkness and scum of society. And I would watch these things and I would start feeling that way. And I'd start dreaming weird dreams at night and I would become a little more bitter about myself. And while I was taking that test, I was watching Law and Order and, and, and I was in that mind. And my heart was following. And so I wasn't necessarily answering probably the way that they were, would have wanted me to. What you put into your mind is going to filter through the rest of your body. 
What you put into your mind is going to shape who you are. What do you watch on television? What do you allow your children to watch on television? I'm scared to death of horror movies. I'm 32 years old. I'm six foot two. I'm a fairly large man. I'm scared to death of horror movies. I don't like to be in the water in an open body of water by myself. My family grew up with a ski boat. I learned to ski when I was three years old. I've been skiing all my life. I've been on boats all my life. If I'm in a lake by myself, it freaks me out. I can't do it. I have all these things that are shaped in my mind, and I know where they come from. My evil brother and sister really torments me as a child. My parents will hear this later. They get the tape of the 11 o'clock service, and you know it's true, Mom and Dad. But I have these things that were shaped in my mind as a child, and they filter through me, and they still exist today. These things that I know are stupid and silly. Silly things that continue to go through my life. What do you watch? What do you listen to? What do you read? The things that you put into your mind are going to eventually shape your heart. They'll shape what you do. They will shape your life. What did Jesus do? He spent time in the Word. Because he was a Hebrew boy at the time he was, he would have memorized the Old Testament. Memorized it. Someone could have said, go at chapter 1 of Genesis, and he would have started and gone through. He knew the scripture. He spent time in the scripture. He taught it. At the age of 12, he was found in the temple teaching it to those who were older than him. He lived his life constantly taking in more and more of God, constantly taking in more of the scriptures. When the devil took him out to the desert for temptation, where did he go? Scripture. Scripture. It was all about the word, knowing the word. Knowing the word, believing the word, and allowing it to shape your life. Now, I don't know the word as well as some people. You can say, what's in First John chapter 1? And I'm like, I, I don't know. But if you start me off on the story, I'll know it. If you, if you tell me a story about a woman by a well, I can tell you the story. I can tell you everything about it. I can tell you what Jesus did. I can tell you what she did. I can tell you what the disciples did. I can tell you all about it. I don't know it as well as some, though. How much do you read the Word? How much do you allow it to shape your life? Are you in the text? Allowing the words of God to filter through your life so that it starts with the mind, that it shapes your heart, that it becomes the actions that you take, and then it becomes your way of life. If you want to be like Jesus, you must have the heart of Jesus. If you want the heart of Jesus, you've got to have the mind. You have to read the scriptures. They're boring at times. I'll be honest with you. There are times when I sit down and I have to pinch myself to stay awake to read. There are times I sit down and I don't understand what I just read. I have a seminary degree. There are times I sit down and I'm like, whatever. I plow through it. But then there are moments of glory 
and wonderment when I read the Scripture and it comes alive to me. There are moments that something I read before that meant nothing to me at the time comes to my mind at a later date. And I remember the words of God. I know that a lot of people don't read the Bible because it's the Bible. Because it's hard to read. Because it's different. Because he begat, he begat, he begat. There's so many different translations out there of texts that you can grab. Read the Bible. Allow it to shape your mind and to shape your life. If you want to truly be like Jesus, read the Word of God. Plain and simple. And I guarantee you that your life will never be the same. I guarantee you. It's not a money-back guarantee. It's a life guarantee. Read the text. It'll change your world. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this incredible gift of your words, your wisdom that you so freely give to us, that you offer to us in different forms that we can, that we can hear your words. God, give us the discipline to take the time to make those words a part of our life that we might spend time in the Word so that it would shape our mind and shape our heart, our actions, and our life forever. God, we thank you and praise you for these words. In Jesus' name, amen.